hope you are well. Thank you for tuning in. Today I'm going to talk about, well, I don't really have a topic for this, but I guess if I would call it anything I would ask, the topic would be a question, are you on a mission? Are you on a mission? Now, as God's children, uh, whether adopted or otherwise, we get to understand that we should be on a mission. Now, some of us stray from our mission, but at the end of the day, we're supposed to be on a mission. The all-consuming mission for some of us is the wrong one. Whether it's to rise up your corporate ladder or to, ri- or to raise your children, it's, it's okay, it's a good mission, but is it the mission that God expects you to achieve on this earth? There's nothing special about the characters of the Bible. As you know, this um, podcast is called The Great Book, so everything I talk about is based on the Word of God. So the topics are and the topics in the in the you know the subjects of discussion will mostly be from God's word unless otherwise instructed. So today the the topic or what, what I'm asking is do we all understand um what we are here on earth for and if we don't which is commonly what people call their purpose and if you don't what are you doing about it did you give up seeking or searching because the truth is if you don't have a god-given mission both your flesh and the systems of the world and the third party i would add is the devil himself will keep you busy on their mission um you know there's what we want to do and there's what god wants us to do there's what society wants us to do to build it i mean we're in a system that is referred to in the word of god as a babylon system you can check out revelation just google babylon system um zechariah also has it talks about it and I believe Isaiah, if I'm not wrong. Um, Babylon, the harlot. So if we don't partner with God, if we're not listening, working with God, cooperating with God, asking him on a daily, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to please you? What can I do for you? Of course, if we're lucky, we will be getting an overall blueprint which spans years. But I don't think even Moses, you know, if, if you look at Moses, he was in a comfort zone. And I don't think the wilderness is the place God wants you to be. He was taking care of the few sheep. It, it doesn't sound like it was a big flock of sheep, but anyway, he was taking care of his father-in-law's sheep in the wilderness. I mean, that is not really the sound of someone who's living at the peak of their lives. It sounds like a low place to me. 
um, Lodiba. It sounds like a place that is less than fruitful, dry, stagnant. A survival zone, a day-to-day kind of routine life, no, no unexpected moments, no unexpected high moments. You know, just the usual humdrum, this is what I do every day. Until God appears in a bush that is burning and not consumed. Until, right? Until that moment when God appears. Um, and, and, and gives him the reason why he was born. Really, and I don't think Moses even understood the magnitude. Well, I think he did understand the magnitude, but I don't think he turned, he understood what it would cost him. What it would it would cost him in terms of getting to the very edge. You know, at his own wit's end, really. Um, leading two million people through territory that he knew, but. It was just more difficult with all these people. I, I sort of relate with Moses a lot because he was by himself in the wilderness for 40 years. Just him and the sheep. Now that's that's not a person who was around people much. Even David. But David wasn't out in the wilderness that long. And then you give him people. And many people not three or four you give him two million stubborn okay i don't think they're all stubborn but generally are people who have otherwise never been governed by god you know they're used to being ordered around isn't it interesting that that the people who are the most oppressed or in the most oppressive environments when they're given free reign or free rule they're the ones that are going to give you a serious headache once you set them free and you're telling them okay now you're no longer a slave like well i want this i want that now i want this i want that i mean because they never really got the privilege of getting what they wanted they were so oppressed now you want them to now again be subject to another authority and if I'm not wrong, I could be I could be proved wrong, but I think that in most instances, the people or the children that are in the most controlling or have the most controlling parents are gonna be the most rebellious. They're gonna hate authority long term. When they get to workplaces, they don't wanna listen to their boss. They have a problem with father figures if their father was that type controlling dominant i mean just check it out for yourself tell me i mean give me statistics if you have them um again i know this i know for a fact that boys who grow up without fathers or the discipline of a father are likely to fall in trouble although i also think that that's a misleading statistics because i know very well disciplined men who grew up without fathers so i need statistics for that too so if you have them kindly share what is it uh, about not having authority a but that's not what i'm really interested about but that's good to know but what is more importantly what is it about having 
extremely oppressive authority over you what is the effect of that oppressive i don't mean like just authority i mean dictatorial authoritarianism which is abusive oppressive um dominating controlling where you have no say there's no question what i have found with with a walk with god is yes he does expect us to fully and totally be sold out to him but you know what it's not it's not a must it's not by force it's not going to force you so if if you're experiencing an authoritarianism in any form or shape which is almost dictatorial dictatorial now we know there are laws of the land and all that and you know there are things that you do that you're going to get imprisoned and whatever and there that's not what I'm talking about there's a good law there's a law to protect but there are things that just are oppressive the policies their their environments that are supposed to keep you locked in slavery and that could even be down to your very own home it could be a dictator wife a dictator husband some children are dictatorial if you don't take care of them early they're going to run your life until you die um so 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 what i what i have learned with um and i guess it is very personal with with my personal work with god even very recently really as recently as <laughs> this morning he's not going to force you to do anything He'll give you the the rules. He'll give you the instructions. He'll give you the do's. You know, this is what I want you to do. And it's up to you to ask for the details in order for you to be able to obey. Because if you leave the gaps there, they will tempt you. The enemy knows that you've been given an important instruction. I believe that's what happened to Moses at at the at the waters of Meriba when people. of Israel start asking for water and God gives the instruction that he should strike it should it should tap the not strike but tap the rock gently right i don't know if it says gently but tapping doesn't sound like forceful and then what Moses does he's angry he's angry at the people and he asks them so shall we have to bring water out of a rock you stubborn na 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 and then in the middle of it he strikes the rock twice and god says because of that because you dishonored my because in remember everything moses did did he did it in the name of yahweh he did it in the name of i am that i am so he discredited the name of the godhead because everything he was doing represented the godhead And that's what happens to us because we are priests and we are kings as long as we've accepted Jesus Christ and what we do of course there are levels of authority the people who are, who are more in authority than others but the truth is we're all accountable to Jesus and what we do ultimately represents who he is and what he would do so you don't you don't confuse people um you know it says that we are in Hebrews I believe that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses You don't want to confuse the human beings who are watching you 
and you don't want to give the enemy the idea that you're not following Jesus at any one given point in time. And if you realize that you are, then you need to repent quickly because then the enemy uses it against you to either get you punished or to convince you that you're not really God's child, you're actually his child because you look like him and you're acting like him. So, I believe that Moses had one of those moments where he had a meltdown and something drew him away from God's instruction because it was very clear to do this and the problem of not following God's instruction right to the end it, it, it always affects something else down the line it is that um, unavoidable cause and effect whereby whatever you do now affects the future so if there was a blessing tied to your instruction now guess what you've just done you've nullified it mm. you know you know that i mean the angels are looking everybody's watching and i mean by everybody here i mean every entity whether spiritual or physical the witnesses that are referred to in hebrews are not just human so if they are watching some of them are watching to accuse you and say mm, she doesn't belong she doesn't belong to this and this sometimes there are curses involved that need to be broken if you're not aware of them you won't be able to break them so also get to know how it is that you're tied to a curse to an ancestral pact or covenant um i could i could share resources about that i'm not really an expert there but i could share what i what i know or what i've learned because of my own experience and those hold us down as well those ones they also tie us to some habits that in all honesty we don't like them ourselves we're not ex- extremely excited about being um chronic liars or or just loving gossip or or seeking to be a hindrance to somebody else tripping others up and people who just people who just naturally trip others up <laughs> and they're like I, i don't know you know but find out what is that about there's a podcast i've talked about drama people who like drama to the point where if you don't have drama in your life you'll create it you will set up scenarios that will yield to drama pitting people against each other creating negative results in people's lives people who even trust you you literally generate a whole script for them that controls them or manipulates them and takes them to a certain direction that is according to what you want you know jeopardizing their conniving being cantankerous uh talking back yeah i i used to be that one talking back i i will have the final i used to right now i can walk away but there's a time i had to have the final say you know yeah and when if i let you have the last say you wait give me a couple of days or weeks <laughs> i'll have a comeback eventually so don't don't just sit with your weak don't sit with your wickedness i mean that that wickedness whatever it is 
is going to become a stronghold for the enemy. He'll use it against you. Moses should have gone into the promised land. I mean, why? Of all people, why? And I mean, how? You know, like he led the people, the children of Israel all those years until they were at the brink. And God actually told him, you are at the, that's it. Look, that's the land right there. I'm going to show you. And then you're going to die. And I'm going to, only God knew where he buried him or where he died. Yeah. I don't think we want to be people who lead others to the brink and not enter ourselves. And that's what Paul was referring to. He said, having led you, I'm sorry guys, I don't have references, just Google Google what I'm saying. Next time I'll do a better job. Having led you this far, I don't want to be the one that now misses it. I miss the very thing that I have led you to. I said that's what the enemy likes. He will strike the leader. He will strike the leader. So that you see he has lost so that the rest of you also lose the way because the leader has been struck. Hmm? That's um, Again, I don't have a reference for this. But strike the leader, strike the shepherd and the sheep are scattered. But in this case, the succession was planned by God so that the children of Israel didn't scatter. But Joshua had been prepared and you know Moses had been told, anoint him, blah, blah, blah. You know, tell tell the people of Israel that he's the one who's going to do this and that. So session was done really well. But if you look at it, it in most in- instances, even in our own lives, um, what happens is the enemy is the one. I mean, the enemy goes out to harm the leader. The leader of a household is the father. You look at it in most instances how fathers. Or husbands are attacked by the enemy it goes without saying whether it's alcoholism or just some dysfunction if it doesn't get to the father he'll get to the mother he'll get through to some leader in whatever capacity of leadership and your own wickedness or our proclivities especially if they are not dealt with early are going to be the channel mm-hmm. so I know I said uh, this was supposed to be a blog or rather a podcast about whether you have a mission and I see myself going to part two of this but that's where it begins it just begins with knowing that we have instructions we can ask God to give us the instructions all over again in case we forgot them. If we don't know what they are, if we don't know what the mission was, we just need to ask. We just need to ask. So stay tuned for part, the next part, part B. Getting to know our purpose or our mission, um, it's sometimes a bit confusing, but we seem to have a weakness in the very area that you're supposed to um, 
utilize as your ship or vehicle we call it a ship toward your mission the very tool that is supposed to be used for you to achieve your mission on earth seems to be impaired sometimes um the enemy starts to work early at incapacitating you and i think i've said this before that if it is um a challenge that you have it could be the very thing that is going to be used by god as a tool for you to reach the masses and change or affect their lives remember god is all about people um if we're not helping anybody if we're not helping people i don't think in god's mission because the only thing he's really truly interested in is the well-being of man um which affects creation in general if we're not making life better for somebody well i'm thinking i'm not thinking about people like ecologists they're working mostly with creation but i think essentially at the core man in some way or other is supposed to be making themselves better others better and the world around them or the creation of god better I don't think it's very complicated. It's just sometimes as we seek answers, we want to see the whole picture. And we may not have the whole picture, but my point for this particular um section is that you might think that what you have to use or whatever God has to use in your life has to be a positive thing you already have. Sometimes God uses that divorce that heartache that um abandonment or rejection as a child or even your deafness or physical blindness or physical cripple crippling to actually be a vehicle for you to make an impact um when moses who is my main case study for this is standing out to be my main case study i was it wasn't intentional but when he was asked to lead the children of israel or god's people out of the land of egypt the main thing he pointed out to god was that he stuttered or he stammered or he wasn't clear of speech some versions say you know he didn't speak clearly And yet God was requiring him to go and speak to the ruler of a powerful nation as we know Egypt then was like a world superpower and the ruler Pharaoh despite Moses having grown up in his the same palace that Pharaoh grew up in or whatever the same environment it was still a daunting task you know considering he hadn't been there for over 40 years So his ability to communicate was very important to him and even for his own image and confidence. And yet that didn't matter to God. It was like I'm going to use you regardless. 
And there's not one time where we're told that Aaron spoke on behalf of Moses. Did he really? I don't think so. Moses is the one who ended up speaking to Pharaoh. And he had to be very direct. And maybe because of that stammer, Pharaoh was even more intent on hearing what he had to say. <laughs> you know. So it goes even up to to children. Sometimes children have a certain disability which we are not too keen I mean, we don't become, we become dismissive of them because of that impairment. I'm reminded of the story of Einstein. Was it Einstein? The one who did the invention of the bulb. And it seemed that he had a learning impediment. But his strengths lay somewhere else. But apparently he was slow of speech and slow in learning. And yet he was an inventor. So you can imagine if he was dismissed and his mother apparently was the one who really sought to find a way out for him or rather a solution and took him through, you know, certain um, help or got him some help. But if he didn't have anyone who believed in him, if he didn't believe in himself, he would have been rubbished. So there's a common term that you, you are your own rescue. But most of the time, our environment also dictates a lot and whether we have angel guardians or people who can actually see beyond a certain impediment. And the irony is God could use that same thing, that same aspect to put you on a mission that will be using those very same characteristics that seemed as a pitfall or a disadvantage. We think about David. Um, David was in the wilderness a lot of the times, taking care of sheep. And he had to learn survival skills in that wilderness, which included killing a lion and a bear. Because that's how it is with life. You either kill or be killed, right? And in his instinct for survival, God had to train him using the very challenges of day-to-day life that he was facing, which was the threat coming from the beasts around him when he was taking care of his sheep, or or rather his father's sheep. He knew that to protect the sheep, he had to find, he had to fight off the, the beasts that were going to attack the sheep and that instinct was used by God when he made him king because he knew David would protect his children God's children the same way he had protected his father's sheep he was a good steward with what he was given to take care of even as a boy and that same character would be seen in David when he was older and when he had more responsibility and he was given more responsibility by God, the responsibility from, uh, you know, his own battalion, which he was given by Saul, his um, battalion, I think he was given a thousand men. And then he became, he went, he became responsible for the army. Then we see him ruling over Judah after Saul's death. Then he rules over Israel. And all through his fighting wars, his fighting was for Israel. 
and the people acknowledge that this is the ruler or the king is actually the leader that God had picked to take care of his people and to fight off the enemies and protect the people of God God's children and he had to work together with the angel of God who was protecting Israel and that's why you see all the time David consulting God should I go and fight should I go and fight because he needed supernatural angelic backup because these were not just people these were God's children as the same thing with us when God entrusts us with people they're not just people they're his people God says all souls belong to me so if he's supposed to give you any responsibility over any person he needs to be sure that you can be responsible for them so he starts early to train us with what we would see as disadvantageous and negative experiences but they are just training ground we need to learn to handle beasts and heartache and people who you know demonize us and work against us and as we conquer each territory or each area of our lives god is able to entrust us with something that is similar but to a larger scale because we've been able to take care of it at a lower level or at a personal level and when the stakes are higher that same demon does not conquer us but we conquer it because we've been here before and more importantly we're helping others to conquer it because it's no longer a fear for us it's no longer an issue to us and that's why david is able to go in front of goliath and and speak confidently and very boldly and asks who is this uncircumcised philistine who is coming against the children of god like doesn't he know my god and the same skill that god had honed and made sure that he had given to him as a boy in slinging stones is the same skill that he uses but only not only that he's able to have a clear concept that the god who gave him the ability the wisdom the know-how on how to tend and take care of those enemies who then were lions and bears would give him the same i mean would also give him skill and ability and wisdom to take care of Goliath is the same god for him god was a consistent element he was a constant and from that relationship that he had built with god he was able to establish a firm foundation that even when the scenarios and the stakes kept changing and the people and the stakes kept getting higher and higher the same god was going to help him to achieve the victory that he required for his people as a leader but also for god's plan to be fulfilled in the people of israel as the same thing for us when we get into a mission we have strengths and abilities that are from god based on what we've already accomplished in our lives probably very early on as children and we learn certain lessons and the scenarios that we face in the environment of our families our nuclear families in that setting of father mother and siblings normally will be the same tools same kind of equipping that will be required for later much later on so there's no good or bad whatever it is that you went through was for a purpose 
it will be useful whether it's a positive or a negative thing so most of the time we tend to think oh i didn't have a good upbringing i wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth you know my parents and were not together they divorced when i was a child and that's supposed to be an impediment no it's not it's actually a strength so we shouldn't be dismissive of situations and try and block them from our mind no resolve them resolve what it is that happened to you in your mind let it not be seen as a negative let it be a tool because in god's hand most likely it is a tool it is your ship it is your vehicle and that's what will help you to relate with people who've been through the same but if you haven't dealt with it yourself you cannot then take care of people who are going through what you went through or have faced the same circumstances or have the same challenge that you had or have so it needs to be conquered so that you're able to help out others so what do you have as a perceived weakness what do you have as a perceived negative memory could it actually be useful for you in your mission So for my own mission I have begun by sharing what I believe God is using me to alleviate from the lives of his children because each person has a thorn in the flesh or circumstances that they are less than happy or excited about as it said good is the enemy of great so whereas some of us are living a good life we should or could be doing much better and living a great life We live in a time where so many of us run as followers of the way of Christ and we have settled for less. We've stopped pursuing the greatest good for our lives and the lives of those around us, not knowing that the very settling is going to help the enemy, the devil, gain more ground for his kingdom. Now that we know that the children of God that is the Israelites during the time of Moses wandered around the desert for 40 years and got so used to it that the prophet sorry that the prospect of conquering new territory was daunting and it made them fearful as the same thing with us the children of Israel had a promised land it was guaranteed they had a promised land to go to and it was promised but they had to lay hold of the promise and it's what i teach how do you get hold of your promises now there are various factors that were against them number 1 was their past they had a religious past a social cultural past an economic past political past they wanted to stick with the familiar which was their past and that's why god had to give them a whole new set of instructions to live by which were separate from what um the nations around them were, were doing and in essence it set them apart for or distinguished them from their neighbors 
The other enemy was their flesh, which warred against the purposes of God. They were full of themselves. Yet they were in a desperate situation. It was a question of, you know, needing so much help, yet wanting to be helped on your own terms. Of course, God was gracious. And as his children, we sometimes get prideful. We need to acknowledge that we don't have answers, stop our whining, and be humble and meek enough to sit at the feet of God for answers and also to be willing to do whatever he asks us to do. They complained a lot, so we should stop complaining, which is a sign of pride, complaining. And we should practice gratitude instead. Expectations should shift from God will pamper me to what can I do to serve God? The third thing that plagued the children of Israel and threatened to stop them from attaining or conquering their promised land was fear. The fear of the unknown or where their feet had not tread before. Moses was able to organize them pretty well and got a structure for their lives while in the desert, but going to new territory and defeating giants presented a whole new challenge. They needed a fresh set of skills, a fresh mindset, clear focus, and near-death experience readiness. In other words, this will bring you to the brink of death, but it will purify you and help you. Conquer your fears at the same time. So they had to be willing to die for the thing that they wanted to accomplish. I also teach that God is all in all, um, which is also what this podcast has been about. And God should imbue all our thoughts, our words, and our actions. The children of Israel got in trouble precisely because of these things. God discerned and saw what they were thinking. He struck them because they doubted him. They asked, is this God able to give us meat in the wilderness, in the desert? At the same time, they were complaining. That's verbal, your words. And there they went and did the opposite of what God had asked them to do. Instead of fighting the enemy, they went home and buried their heads in the sand. One of the sins that God counts in his word is shrinking back or cowardice. Timidity is not of God. He has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind or discipline. The need to see or perceive ourselves from a sound mind perspective, we have to push, fight like warriors. In the end of the day, that is what will guarantee us conquest. 
and ultimately possession of our promised land. God also gives us the knowledge of how to maintain this blessing, which is his command or his commands. You see, God will issue his instructions from a point of view of it's done or it is finished. If then it is finished, what is our excuse for not entering into his rest, both on earth and for eternity? Already, he counts us as beneficiaries. So what is keeping us from inheriting or possessing the inheritance? The enemy has talked us out of something or, or some of the benefits saying we didn't deserve it like success was for or success was for a given people but he also promised it for others of us on his own terms which was not what God gave us so the enemy comes to us with proposals which is not what God has told us See, God gave the children of Israel the commandments even before they were to enter the land of promise. So it is with us, the way to enter is with us. It is presented. The way to attain that which God has offered us is already presented. And it's in his word. As well as how to maintain it, nobody should be issuing us any new instructions or rules it's the way of the straight and narrow that's god's way period so why haven't you reached your canaan yet has the enemy used someone to talk you out of it or is your own pride your fear ignorance standing in the way or are you too used to your comfort and are um, area of familiarity that you're not ready to let go in order to get hold of a whole new realm of possibilities. So my vision is to see all young people grab hold of all that God has for them. And my mission is to direct them to their, to their mission on earth so that they labor in it. And not only change the world around them, but that they also grow in character and become who Christ was on earth. A kind, loving, powerful, yet humble, unafraid, considerate person and a world changer. Transforming lives of people and impacting generations. This is based on four major tenets. A, that we are made in the image of God to dominate, subdue, and multiply. B, that we are unique and our uniqueness is a piece of God's puzzle to transforming the world for the better. And C, that Christ in us helps us by his power in us which is the Holy Spirit, so that we have everything we need to accomplish God's will. 
and purposes. And finally, D, that people will come alongside us that help us through this phase of transitioning into our purpose. So that's me. How about you? child that is giving you the most trouble probably is the one that God is going to use most remarkably in not just um, your lives as a family but in the life of the world, in the world at large. Maybe he's the one or she's the one that's going to impact the entire world but you know, the devil starts early and he's going to give you this impression this is a troublemaker and start to cause you to almost resent having this child but you have to step further or come up higher in the spirit and seek God about that very child because you don't know what the enemy is trying to cut off or derail because they probably could be the Joseph, the savior, the uh, deliverer of your people or even the entire world. We need to know who our kids are in the sight of God, not who the enemy suggests that they are based on how they are behaving because that could be a camouflage for who they truly are it could be actually a, a, a false representation so that you stop giving them the love and the attention that they need in order to grow as healthy citizens of not just the world but of heaven remember your children were given to you from God they are from heaven so you need to understand that their primary citizenship is heavenly. So if they came with an heavenly mission or heavenly purpose, then it needs to come out early for you also to start to prepare them. Um, most of the time we have dreams for children on an earthly basis. But beyond that, beyond their career, what is it that God wants them to achieve? Not that careers are bad, but are they a conduit to something else? Or even within that career, are they supposed to um, manifest other more exceedingly exuberant and magnificent um, traits or attributes that are wow factors even in their career? Think about Daniel. He was an administrator, but he interpreted dreams. That was his edge. In all his skill, that wasn't enough. He was distinguished by God by the gifts of the Spirit that he, he gave him. Uh, I think also of Joseph, it's the same thing. He was a leader by nature. Wherever he went, he ended up being the leader. He was the boss in, by default. But he also had an edge with his wisdom and interpretation of dreams. Same thing. Those all require the Spirit of God in dwelling. And so you need to nurture these people. You need to nurture these little citizens of heaven within the direction that God has ordained for them. It can be a rough ride at the beginning because remember, not only does God have an agenda, the enemy also comes up with an agenda to counter the agenda of heaven. So the kingdoms are already at war in your children from the minute they are born, maybe even when they are conceived. There is already a heavenly trumpet over the conception and the birth of your children. And the whole of the realm of the spirit understands that something significant has come on earth um, reference for this is Jesus' birth. 
it was heralded by angels in heaven yeah and the shepherds were told so even if the celebration is not to that extent there is a sense of a signal when somebody significant is born you need to understand that your children as much as your troublemakers could actually be very significant citizens of the kingdom of Yahweh so go back to Yahweh Elohim ask God what is this who is this person even in their devilish states when the enemy is putting on them all sorts of demons and all sorts of character traits from their forefathers so that you despise them they still good another thing you need to know about your ancestral heritage it is both good and bad it's not that because you had a witch doctor or you had a sangoma or you had santeria running in the family that that's all there was there must have been even one person who called on the name of god and the blessings that accrue to you from that heritage still are valid but what happens is that the enemy wants to overshadow the good over the bad yet there is good in your blood in your lineage ask god to reveal and to manifest the blessings that came from your forefathers because there must have been good people they can't all have been practicing witchcraft what is the good in that lineage that belongs to you because he says that he will bless his righteous up to a thousand generations that includes you so what is it that you've been blessed with that the enemy is trying to overshadow with his negative vibe and his demons and his negative energy reminding you only of the bad things what do you need to shun from the kingdom of darkness and start to um reach out to that is in the kingdom of light or of the kingdom of light which is your heritage